This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, a podcast devoted to regular pastors and regular churches. Also, the favorite podcast of spiritual warfare devotees all around the world. My name is Landon Coleman. I am a regular pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. This is season four in the Regular Pastor Podcast. In this season, I'm talking about books and ideas and how the ideas of books impact the day-to-day ministry of regular pastors like myself. Today, I am talking about a book titled Spiritual Warfare in the Storyline of Scripture. This book is written by William Cook and Chuck Lawless. The publisher is Crossway. The book is a long book, 352 pages. Also has several pages of endnotes, references, uh, that sort of stuff on the backside. The book is divided into two parts. Part one uh, is titled Biblical and Theological Foundations. There are seven chapters. There uh, is one chapter about the Old Testament and then a summary, and then there's a number of chapters about the New Testament as well as a New Testament summary. Part two of the book is focused on practical application. It has five chapters with a final uh, word of challenge at the end. This book was published in 2019, and I just need to admit on the front end that when it comes to the authors, I'm a bit biased. Dr. Cook was my pastor at Ninth and Old Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, when I was a student at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, Chuck Lawless, Dr. Lawless, was my Ph.D. supervisor. During my time in the Ph.D. program at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, Dr. Lawless has since gone on to teach at Southeastern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. I think Dr. Cook is a tremendous New Testament scholar. Not only is he a scholar, but he's a great preacher. He's a great communicator of God's Word. He's a gifted teacher, and above all, he's a godly man. Uh, The same is true of Dr. Lawless. Uh, I'm thankful for him. He has written a lot about spiritual warfare. He's written a lot about church growth, and he has written about those two topics without delving into the darker and the sillier corners uh, of those areas of academic interest. There is a lot of nonsense in the world of spiritual warfare writing. There's a lot of nonsense in the world of church growth writing, and Dr. Lawless has avoided all of the the darker, sillier corners of these fields. My Ph.D. dissertation focused on Paul's view of the principalities and the powers, meaning it was in the field of spiritual warfare, and so this is a book that I was excited to read. Uh, I was just thrilled when I saw the book was going to be released and that Dr. Cook and Dr. Lawless had teamed up to write this book. The big idea starts with a biblical understanding of what spiritual warfare is. And uh, Cook and Lawless take a cue from a man named John Gilhooley, who defines spiritual warfare like this, quote, spiritual warfare is a theological term used to describe the ongoing battle between the church and the devil and his angels. I like this definition And these guys have picked this definition for a couple of reasons. Number one, primarily spiritual warfare, as we experience it today, is a conflict between the church and the devil and the forces of evil who are on his side, if you want to use that term. Uh, Secondly, I like this definition because it acknowledges that the battle of spiritual warfare is ongoing in a sense, although 
It's already been won by Jesus at the cross. So Jesus secured the ultimate and final victory in his death and his resurrection. But there is an ongoing battle between the church, the people of God, and the devil and his angels. I also like this definition and this approach to the topic uh, because Cook and Lawless are clear that victory in this battle comes through discipleship not through the silliness that is often set forth in books on spiritual warfare, seminars on spiritual warfare, uh, podcasts on spiritual warfare. So the aim of this book is to lay a biblical foundation and then to take that foundation and build practical advice for living. And all of that advice really centers on the church, which I think is a crucial missing piece of spiritual warfare and much of what's been written. People talk a lot about how the individual Christian can be involved in spiritual warfare, but really I think it's the call of the church to be involved in spiritual warfare. So a couple of important ideas. Let me point out two that I think are worth uh, worth noting. First of all, the Old Testament really doesn't have much to say about Satan or demons and Dr. Cook, Dr. Lawless acknowledge that in this book. There's only three Old Testament passages that uh, mention Satan. There are only a handful that mention demons or evil spirits. And then they say this on page 41. As we turn to the New Testament, we see a significant and shocking increase in satanic opposition to God in his people. And obviously the change that occurs in the New Testament is the incarnation. It's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the demonic opposition to Jesus in his life and his ministry is unlike anything that you see in the Old Testament. And to be fair, it's also unlike anything that follows in the New Testament. And there is spiritual warfare in the Old Testament, and there is spiritual warfare after Jesus has ascended to heaven. But the scope and the size of it is so much bigger during the incarnation and leading up to the cross. A second thing that I think is worth pointing out in this book is just what spiritual warfare actually looks like. So often Christians have taken their cues from fiction novels. Christians have taken their cues from horror movies made by unbelievers in Hollywood Uh, Christians have taken their cues from Halloween and all sorts of legends and stories about ghosts and ghouls and goblins and demons and all the rest. It is just silly. It's just really, really silly. So what does spiritual warfare actually look like in the life of the believer and in the life of a church? Here's what it looks like. Number one, temptation to sin. Number two, division in the church. Number three, false teaching. Number four, the persecution of believers. That's what spiritual warfare looks like. Forget all the silly stuff that gets all the headlines and sells books and draws people to conferences. Temptation to sin, division in the church, false teaching, persecution of believers. That's spiritual warfare in the New Testament sense. Now, what should the church do in response? If that's what spiritual warfare is, what what should we do? It's very simple. Uh, Dr. Cook and Dr. Lawless lay it out. We should focus on God and his glory. We should talk about sin and grace, the good news of the gospel. We should emphasize our union with Christ. We should seek to promote unity within the church. That means developing godly relationships. 
That means pursuing holiness. That means prioritizing prayer. And that means being serious about discipleship, helping God's people put on the armor of God, not in a silly sense uh, of casting out demons and naming demons and fighting demons, but just being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before I give you my favorite quote, I want to mention one more thing. I think my favorite feature of this book is that it tells us what to do. Uh, I love the biblical theological foundation. I think it's very, very helpful, and it's a needed contribution to this field, uh, this discipline, uh, academic uh, study of spiritual warfare. But I love that doctors Cook and Lawless tell us what we are supposed to do. They talk about evangelism and missions. If spiritual warfare is about uh, temptation to sin and division in the church and false teaching and persecution of believers— We should be committed. We should make sacrifices to take the gospel to the nations, to do it uh, as united brothers and sisters in Christ, united church families, and we should share the gospel and make disciples wherever we go, pushing back the darkness of lostness. Uh, I also love the chapter on the family, spiritual warfare in the family. They talk about marriage. They talk about parenting, both very, very important chapters in thinking through what spiritual warfare looks like. How does the enemy attack God's people? He's going to attack the church, and part of attacking the church is attacking families within the church. Maybe the most helpful chapter is the chapter they devote to leaders. Over the last several years, so many leaders have fallen, and it's been a casualty of the spiritual conflict that we find ourselves in. On page 313, this is my favorite quote in the book. It's not difficult to determine why Satan and his forces aim to take out leaders. They are well aware that when a leader falls, all who are under his or her influence will be affected. End quote. I like that quote because on this podcast and on my blog, I try to talk about issues pertaining to regular pastors. Regular pastor, listen up. Satan and his forces, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, aim to take you out. They know that when you fall, those under your influence will be affected. That means regular pastors have to wake up. Pastoring a church of any size is entering into a very real spiritual conflict. The devil And the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places want to destroy regular pastors. They want to destroy the families of regular pastors. They want to destroy the marriages and the children of regular pastors. They want to destroy the churches and the ministries of regular pastors. Regular pastors have to wake up. Regular pastors have to wake up and realize what they are walking into when they take on the role and the responsibility of pastoring a church. I have no critique or criticism of this book. I love it. I know that I'm biased because of my history with Dr. Cook and Dr. Lawless, but I really do think the biblical foundation is solid, and I think the word of application on the back end that focuses on the church is very, very, very helpful. The Goodreads rating for this book is a very solid 4.57. I'd give it a solid 5. I think it's a tremendous book. Pastors ought to read this book. Uh, Christians would benefit from reading this book, especially, I think, 
pastors or Christians who have been influenced by a charismatic approach to spiritual warfare, you'll find this much more balanced, as well as pastors or Christians who have been influenced by a liberal, anti-supernatural type of Christianity. I think you'll also find this book very, very balanced. So I love this book, I love the authors, and I commend it to regular pastors and regular Christians. Thanks for listening to the Regular Pastor Podcast. You can subscribe for weekly episodes wherever you're listening. Thanks in advance for an A-plus rating. Follow me online at regularpastor.com. Find me on Goodreads by searching for Landon Coleman. If you've got a book recommendation you'd like for me to discuss on the podcast, I would love to know about it. Landon at emmanuelodessa.com. Until next week, this is The Regular Pastor. Out.